PFT Media. You are now listening to Cinema Crespediso. Chris Crespo Radio Show. Everybody likes it. Listen to his shit. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 427 of Cinema Crespediso. That's right, baby. We are doing it. It is time. We are in your ears. We're dripping the words through those ear canals, deep into your brain stems, down through your body as you're feeling our podcast verbiage going through your arms into your fingertips, shooting out bolts of electricity into the sky. This is our... Uh, what kind of new age bullshit are you that's, preaching that's, here, that's, that's what I'm doing. This is... Uh, <clears throat> uh, uh, popular apps these days are meditation apps, mm-hmm. uh, also ASMR apps, mm-hmm. also self-improvement betterment apps. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to combine all these things just into a movie podcast. Mm-hmm. So it starts with actualization, Drew Sakagwer. <laughs> Sounds like it's going to be a bad movie podcast. Uh, take those words from Drew Sakagwer <laughs> and put them in your stomach and feel them swirling around in a ball of energy. And they're going through your guts and they swirl, swirling through the miles and miles of your lower intestines. And then, pow, out your butthole. <laughs> Do you feel better, listener? Do you feel better? Have you stopped listening? <laughs> Because it worked, it worked already. So they like we got it, we got right, what we, we need, yeah. and we and we already they've played a minute or so of the podcast on Spotify, so we got the credit. Cool. I'm not showing any one percentage complete. We're not we're not divulging that information. That people don't need to know when the listeners stop listening. Uh, it's cruel that they'll even tell you that if you <laughs> if you ask me. <laughs> it's like listen, your average listener listens for about twenty five seconds. Twenty five, which is about when they realize what they're actually listening to. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. I was like, oh wow, twenty five percent of the show. I was like, oh, wait, no, twenty five seconds. Oh. Boom, 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 boom. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. That was the sound of the demise of Cinema Crespediso when they realized the lack of popularity over all these years. But it is fine because we have slowly gone crazy. Gone crazy? Been we, crazy uh, we have dude. slowly been crazy. <laughs> Acknowledge the craziness. Embrace the craziness. Juice the Cogman. That is a wonderful shirt you are wearing. Have you worn it before on the show? I don't think I have. so. Have you on the show yeah. specifically? It's been a while. It's been, yeah. a, it's been a while. Uh, it's a pink. 
It's got pink light. It's, it's got lightning bolts on it. Lightning bolts. Pew. It's got white lightning bolts. Pink shirt. Light, but it's a it's a light pink though. It's like mm. a washed pink. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a pink that's been around the block. Mm-hmm. It's a pink that's uh you know it's it's had its ears logging at the red light district. <laughs> <laughs> Some of that stacky pink. It, you know, it's all about perspective. <laughs> Maybe it's more of um. Uh, aged. Why? Why isn't <laughs> <laughs> it's fine aged? <laughs> fine, fine aged, just like a cheddar. Don't compare the cheese, <laughs> guys. What are you talking about? I don't know. Truly, That's I've gone crazy. Question. That is a good question. What? I'm really. They should. They need to label these. So the s- Florida government is making the dispensaries like take away their fancy labeling mm-hmm. on all the packaging and make it, everything yeah. look more medical labeled. Because it's medical. But now it's like uh, everything looks the same, yeah. and I don't know what's what. Uh-huh. So now things are just getting mixed up. My nighttime stuff I get mixed up with my daytime stuff, and now now G- got to read the medications, bro. I'm feeling a little crazy. <laughs> <laughs> got to read the medications. I thought I knew what I was buying. Apparently not. Uh, there were. That's the thing, though. Sometimes they have shit that's on sale. It's not like a normal doctor's where no. you go to the doctor. Doctor's like, "This is what you get." I'm like, "Cool." Uh, I go to this place. I'm like, "This is what I get." But also, what do you have on clearance? Thirty-five <laughs> percent off RSO, full spectrum. Okay, sure. Yeah. Like, sir, this is for cancer patients. I said, sure. Yeah, we we yeah, we got fifty percent off Percocets over here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Imagine. Well, that's if you go to a pharmacy in like Mexico. Uh, it's crazy. You walk in, yeah, yeah. walk around Mexico. They got them signs, or even you can in, get the, whatever you want. in the Bahamas. I think it was like no. that. Yeah, it's like uh, you got the Viagra there. So when you, what the hell's going? So when do you want to go on that Mexican vacation? Uh <laughs> oh, man. Well, I don't know. I am vaccinated. You know what? This is not the time for me to announce to the world that I am vaccinated. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Insert applause here. Uh, I, I got my shot this week on Tuesday, so and it's a one shot. It's a J and J one shot. Uh, hopefully, it just wasn't a syringe of baby powder that yep. they they showed me, <laughs> or that uh, that baby uh, that baby shampoo that's supposed to be good for their eyes, uh-huh. but it still stings. Yeah. Like, you ever get that in your eyes? Nope. Stings like hell, man. You don't want no soap in your eyes. Baby safe or not? Uh, I got that one shot this week, so that means a week from Tuesday I'll be ready. That's when I'm considered fully vaccinated. But then in four weeks, it's like even better, you know, which is perfect timing for the Florida Film Festival, which is uh, next month, uh, towards the end of next month. So I'll be talking about that in the upcoming weeks. The launch party is this Wednesday at the end and I'll be attending that. Uh, maybe I'll TikTok a little bit of it. You know, I got to. Gotta, I gotta, can. I gotta find a way to use that thing. I'm, I'm, I truly don't use the social medias nearly enough to make them effective. You know, that's why you gotta hire. That's why you gotta have a social media team. And then when something goes wrong, you can blame it on your team. Mm. You know, like when he, well, someone, uh, Hugh Jackman, one time he put out something. Uh, what was he promoting? Like the Wolverine was coming out, being released in like Melbourne or something, and but it was spelled wrong. Like this, someone spelled Melbourne or Australia. They spelled Austria. I don't know someone spelled. Something very common wrong, and he was like, "That's my team. I got all, that. That wasn't me. That I didn't. I didn't post I mean, that. Yeah, he, he is Australian. I'm, I'm Australian. I didn't, I didn't make this <laughs> I know, mistake. I know how to spell these things. I, I know how to spell Melbourne. Um, so that's I don't know how I to say it, but I don't know how to spell it. I, know, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to say it. Glasgow. Um, I need a social media team. I need, but that's the thing. I don't want interns because I want people that can be held accountable. Mm, yes, yeah, so you need to pay people to be accountable. Exactly. I ain't got the money for it. Well, there you go. I'm spending all the Patreon monies on the uh, apps and equipment. Yeah. So, and it's not that much money. So it's very, it's very little monies. So anyway, maybe I'll TikTok some 
of that ends anything out. I'm sure that they would want me to. Yeah, oh, I'm sure. Yeah, like get this oh. out there. And it's not even for like, oh, what do you have? Twenty followers on TikTok. It doesn't matter, man. Like just one random hit the algorithm and it's kaboom, and for no good reason. And it's not it's not even something entertaining. You'd be dumb. And it's like a hundred thousand people saw this. Why? I don't know. It's confusing. Yeah. The world is a confusing and scary place. It's changing in front of me, and I don't and I don't like it. Always has been, always will be. Always has been, always will be. And when I was younger, I could keep up with it, but as I age, uh, that treadmill's going faster. My legs are going slower, mm-hmm. and I'm scared. I'm about to go face first on, uh, on uh, and then then someone's gonna f- uh, film it. Yep. And then put it on TikTok. Yep. And then a lot of people are gonna see it. Uh huh. And then I'm gonna be uh, 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 a TikTok. Uh, yeah. I'll feature on Phil Army. But you'll be internet famous. But that's not not. It doesn't matter anymore, Drew Sakagra, and the internet famous, right? Like, I mean, I guess it does, though. I see it. I see some behind-the-scenes stuff. Big Tim's uh, Uncle Big Tim on TikTok, he, that is translating to increased um, podcast listenership. Nice. For sure. And uh, it's crazy how many people, like, interact with him on that shit all the time now. It's really impressive. But... Uh, where was I? Where was I? Going? I, I don't, I, I don't I know. I can't. I can't. It's thirty five percent off. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'll take some of that. I'll take some of this. Take some of this I'll too. take some of that as well. Yeah. Mix it all together, and then the Mexico. And this is what you get. This is what you get, and then the, the ground up the Viagra, and then do that in there with along with the fifty percent off the perks, the Percocets, the Oxys, the Roxys. Um, the blue meanies, the uh, the green meanies too. The green meanies are old. Those are from the sixties. They found a, like an old stash of Nazi green meanies. <laughs> the uppers, the downers, lefters and riders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in the sixties, they used to baseball players used to get them. Uh, they used to hand them out like uh, like candy, little little, sure. little, little green ones. Um, do you know anyone who has a no? Adderall prescription? No. <laughs> nope. That's all we're looking for now these days. Right? It's the same thing. Right? That's just prescription meth, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's speed. Why so why so then can I go to the doctor and he's like, Oh, here's your uh, your Lexapro and here's your prescription for your aspirin and then also uh, we have twenty percent off uh, <laughs> Adderall. Are you interested? I'll I'll prize the which one's that one? Welcome well, to Pill I'll, Talk with your sir and Chris. <laughs> Drew, which one's Alprazolam? Al- Al- Alprazolam is like Xanax. So that's a... Oh, uh, Xanax. Okay, that, yeah, That's a barbiturate. Yeah. Um, barbiturate's bigger in the 70s, huh? In the 60s and 70s? Like, aren't ludes, quaaludes, aren't those uh, downers? Drunk pills, yeah. Yeah, the drunk pills. I, right? found, I found quaaludes in high school. But they were old. They, yeah, they were old quaaludes, but they fucking worked. Like Wolf of Wall Street worked? Had yeah. you uh, driving a, a Ferrari or a oh, I decided. crazy? I, I decided not to drive that day. Smart. Because I was... On quaaludes? Drunk pills. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't know I, I didn't know what they were. I was just like, you know what? I'm going to take two, and we're going to see what happens. Take two. And I was fucking drunk. What's the point of ludes? I don't understand them. To, to be drunk without drinking? But how did... I mean, they had to have a medical purpose to be developed first. I mean, yeah, probably anxiety medication. Mm, interesting. Just it? like Alprazolam? Which got us here. Weird, <laughs> weird Alprazolam is my, uh, my parody musician uh, persona yeah. where I do um, parody versions of uh, uh, um, commercials, the uh, prescription commercials, where it's two minutes of side effects. Because no one's done that before. No one's parodied those prescriptions. Weird Alprazolam. Just want to say it one more time. <laughs> I'll put it out there. Okay. So, yeah, guys. Uh, is this the show? All right. We're going to talk about some stuff here. You saw some movies? I saw some movies. What'd you see? Uh, I watched 
Made you look. Colon, a true story about fake art. I thought you were going to say, first off, I thought you were going to say Major League. Nope. And I was like, wow, that's a really, that's throwing it back, baby. Yeah. But no, made you look. Uh-huh. Colon, a true story about fake art. And it was on Netflix? Yes. And what's it about? Uh, it's about a very reputable New York art gallery and how it, over the course of 20 years, it ended up selling $80 million worth of fake art. Man, that's crazy. <laughs> and people found out, and everything went to hell. That's, that's wild. Yeah. Um, that was that's sort of a plot point in Tenet. Mm. The, fake, mm-hmm. the old fake art, and it being appraised by someone who knows it's fake, but no. getting it out there anyway mm-hmm. so someone can make money. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, really, it is like such a specialized thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the the high art world is, you know, very. It's a very small circle, be, just because of the amount of money that it takes to get into it. Yeah. So, uh, high barrier. Yeah. High entry. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Um, it's a movie documentary. Documentary. An hour and a half, two hours. Uh, hour forty five, uh, roughly ish. Doesn't see. I hate fucking google no that's fine so uh did you enjoy it i did it was interesting yeah it was a fun story yeah it was a well-made yeah. or yeah a lot of these netflix documentaries are very well made it's, uh, a lot of the talking head stuff recreations like what uh, style documentary is this mostly talking heads and then uh, archival footage and then lots of just pictures of you know the artwork Sure, that makes sense. If you're doing something about art, might as well just have yeah. pictures of the art. Mm-hmm. Did they make them the, the art move, like 3 dfi the art or anything no. like that? Or oh, lost, missed opportunity yeah. there. Uh, made you look, colon, a true story of fake art on Netflix. Gets a thumbs up, two thumbs up, three thumbs up. Uh, I'll give it two. Two out of three thumbs up. All right. What else you got? Uh, I watched The Informer on Amazon Prime. Uh, the Informer? Starring Joel Kinnaman, Anna de Armas, Rosamund Pike, Clive Owen... And last but certainly not least, Common. All right, good for Common. <laughs> Every time Common pops up and stuff, I'm yeah, like, yeah. Hey, good, I'm good for, for him. him. This guy's still doing it. He is. Uh, is Clive Owen the reason you watch it? Uh, the reason I watched it is because it was a dumb action movie that I knew I wasn't going to be paying much attention to. Okay. Okay, fair enough. So, so you're just like, just throw it on, oh. let let it let it ride. And then, yeah, I'll do other things while it's on. So uh, the little bit that you did catch and pay attention yeah, to. Yeah, it, it wasn't very good. So what is it? Uh, it's basically, so you, uh, Joel Kinnaman is a, uh, he works for the Polish Mafia. Of course. And uh, he's an informer. So he's, you know, he's trying to take him down. Uh, but th- things go awry. Mm-hmm. And then he gets sent to prison to work as the informer on the inside for the Polish gang to okay. make up for blah, blah, blah. Okay. And there's stupid FBI people and commons and NYPD cop and blah, blah, blah. So it's a Polish mafia in New York? Yes. Okay. And they kill an NYPD officer. Okay. That sounds okay. That sounds ambitious with it, uh... Sort of, you know, it's be like the tale of the outside, but now he's in prison and all this stuff is going on. Did it ever say, did you notice if it said it was based on a book or anything yeah, like I that? Mean, it's not, not uh, that I can think of. Plotting like that sort of sounds uh, like. Based on Three Seconds by Rosalind Hellstrom. So, uh, Hellstrom, is that a... With the, with the O and the two. Yeah, I was going to yeah, say, yeah. is that a Swedish? Yeah, uh, so it's probably... Uh, it's probably 
It was probably a Norwegian crime thriller. Yeah. Then got Americanized and turned into garbage. Yeah, yeah. That happens all the time, yeah. right? Like the snowman. Oh, goddamn. <laughs> I lift you the clues, <laughs> Mr. Policeman. What is this? People thought this was any of this. Like, towns of people involved. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a snowman outline. I left you the clues, Mr. Policeman. Uh... It sounds like it has a decent setup, but mm. Mm. It's it, very, though. It's very middling. Yeah, it's a bummer. It, it's hard to make a movie. Yeah. It's super hard. And it also sounds like something that would be, especially since it's starring Joel Kinnaman, maybe a bit more low budget mm, and probably. Uh, not exactly getting the five-star treatment. Uh, you know, catering services wasn't exactly uh, banging every day, I'm sure. No. I'm sure. Oh, there's a catering... A movie catering story on the tip of my brain that, that that almost triggered, but I can't think of it, so we're gonna move on. So the informer sounds like not even a thumb up out of three. It's more I'll like, give, a, it's I'll like give, a meh. I'll give it. I mean, I'll give it one out of three. That's only thirty three percent. It is only thirty three percent, but it is the it's, it's a thumbs up scale. Oh, though, so you're still no. giving it a thumbs up. It's more of a it's more of a thumb to the side. It's a, it's a sideways thumb, so it's the uh, the old. Yep. They call it. The, yeah, there you go. They call that the. Yep, and uh, you know what we're doing. You know we're guys. That's you know what we're talking mm-hmm. about there. We're doing that thing there. Yeah. Yeah. Talking all about that one. Uh, <laughs> there we are. Okay, informer. All right. What else we got? That's it. Okay. I didn't. Well, you know what? I watched a movie last week, but because I didn't write it down in my notes, you didn't remember. I forgot to talk about it. Recalled it at the very, very end of the episode. So I'm gonna talk about it now. Last week, I watched Justice League, um, Joss Whedon's Zack Snyder's Justice League, and I did that because I had only seen it the one time in theaters, and with the Zack Snyder's Justice League, as it's now officially called, coming out this week in a few days, I wanted a refresher. I wanted to see exactly what was happening story-wise, and then I would be able to know what if any footage of Snyder's did Joss Whedon use? Because mm-hmm. uh, it is it still says directed by Zack Snyder. It's crazy that his name is on it. And apparently it's mostly a Joss Whedon movie. According to Zack Snyder, not a single frame of Joss Whedon shit will be in his movie. Yeah. And his movie is double the length. And uh, I'm only seeing a few things online so far, but early word is, and this isn't a surprise, but early word is the four-hour version of this movie is dramatically better than the two-hour version of the movie. I'm sure there's more time to develop everything. Yeah, you actually have time to give a shit about who the people are. So I rewatched Justice League, and having said that, the one benefit of the movie in its current state, Justice League, is that it's two hours long. That it gets there quick, it's done. Uh, Apparently that was one of the things Warner Brothers told Whedon. They were like, Zack Snyder's movie's getting too long, we want a two-hour movie. Uh, man, it's just like... Bad. Who gives a shit about anything that happens in this fucking movie? But then that's the thing. I don't know how much of it is like Zack Snyder stuff. The parademons, fear, he's fear, and all that stuff. And um, the Steppenwolf is still a character. The Trying to get the mother boxes. The heralding of Darkseid is all still a thing. I was about to say, but yeah, but, appa- but I think in, in Zack Snyder's movie, like, all that stuff is probably like a portion. Because Darkseid 
is in the movie. He's straight up, <laughs> straight up in the movie. It's, so a, he it's comes, a, like a cameo, essentially, but he is in, yes. Yeah. And they also changed what Steppenwolf looks like. Yeah. Made him P- like made a, more dark sidey. Yeah, man, it looked weirder. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, there was something else to say. Oh, but so it was like, I just read an interview or a portion of an interview where in Justice League, they talk about the history of the Mother Boxes and how. Uh, it was the one time when Atlanteans, uh, 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 th- what, what did he call it? The Themyscarians and man worked together yeah. and they fought off the, uh, it was dark side at that time. Yeah. Wasn't it, dark side of the parademons. His, his forces. And Zack Snyder was like, well, the movies that I was going to make, it was going to be, um, Superman succumbs to the whole anti-life equation. And it, you know, the, the nightmare vision that Batman has comes true they send a flashback to fix one change one thing that fixes everything and then the movie would end with uh mankind atlanteans and themiscarians coming together, together to fight dark side again but yeah. this time like man would have like special forces and tanks and jet yeah, fighters yeah. and shit and the justice league would be formed and yes full-on justice league and you know green lantern would be a uh, part of this all by because it's now we're three movies deep yeah. and shit there'd probably be like three different flashes running around yep. maybe a reverse flash who knows um so like there is a big animated flashback sequence of that of her, them telling the story and you see that yeah. battle and like a, a, a lantern dies and its ring flies away so did they redo that entire sequence am i gonna see that again but done differently i mean that might be part of the actual movie now right Right, that's why I want to know. <laughs> I want, it's, it's very, on a technical level, it's very interesting. It's very, very, very rare uh, for not only a movie to be completely reshot, but then for that, the original version to then be made available to everyone for it. Look, look at the compare and contrast. Look at the two Pepsi challenge. Try it for yourself. <laughs> we try this Pepsi, try that Pepsi, Pepsi, Pepsi free. The, um, there's a, and I haven't even seen either of them, and, this sort of makes me want to watch them. The Exorcist prequel from the early 2000s, uh, Exorcist, I think it's called Dominion. They hired, whoever the producers were, hired Paul Schrader to, to make the movie. He fucking wrote and shot the whole thing, handed it to the producers, and the producers were like, no. <laughs> and then I think they went and hired Reddy Harlan. So they went from the guy who wrote Taxi Driver to the guy who directed... Uh, uh, like Cliffhanger and Die Hard 2. I love those movies, but still. And then he reshot the entire movie and then gave it to them, and they were like, damn it. <laughs> and, then, and then they put them both out, and critics were like, these are both bad. <laughs> They're both bad. And that's what I'm expecting with this. I'm expecting a four-hour Zack Snyder Justice League to still be bad, yeah. but better than the two-hour for sure, but yeah. I expect it to be bad. But maybe it's... I expect it to be a best middling. Maybe it's mid- maybe it's middling. What if it's middling? I think at best it's going to be middling, and that could be fine. I think at this point, because I mean, the alternative was all we got just was bad. The, the shit one. Yeah, just bad. And that movie is shit. And like the the humor that <sighs> that they keep throwing in there, awful. It's bad. And um, like Ben Affleck for sure looks chunky in a good amount of it. And also some of the sh- stuff where they shot the Batman suit. Uh, like in very full light, like it's the least 
flattering Batman suit since the Adam West Batman suit. I mean, like, physique-wise and how, quote, cool it looks. Like, even the Schumacher ones, at least they, even for the time, look sleek. Yeah. Or, like, they look, like, hard. Like, mm-hmm. like even Ben Affleck's suit looks like it's made out of latex. Like, it, it's not giving him that much protection, you know? Yeah. Maybe it'll stop a knife, but... I don't want the bat. He's going to feel that baseball bat. Oh, yeah. You know, he's going to feel that bat. Anyway, Justice League, bad. Bad, bad, bad. On um, the Peacock app, they debuted Mr. Mercedes Season 3, mm-hmm. uh, which it w- was from 2019, okay. I think. And then that audience network channel or whatever went defunct. So they held it for a while, put out the first two seasons, just released the third, and after this, there is no more Mr. Mercedes. I don't think there's any plans to make more, and I think they're also out of books, because there's only three books. And I just started watching two episodes. It's, you know... It's Mr. Mercedes. It's, it's fine. It's, it's good. It's back. Gleason, you get the, the Brennan Gleases is back. Uh, the doing thing. He's, he's fantastic, and... Um, and it is fun bringing back some of the characters from past seasons. Like, oh, yeah, I remember these guys. This, this is good. This is good stuff. I enjoy it. I think it's a good show. Uh, if people have Peacock or even, I think, the free Peacock version. I think seasons... Free cock? I think seasons one and two are on free cock. Yeah. But you but you have to... <laughs> you you got to pay the Peacock to get that season three. But if you haven't checked it out yet, free cock, one, two. Free cock, one, and two. Is uh, Drew? That's our <laughs> that's our uh, NWA wrestling tag team name from the eighties. We the f- the fabulous free cocks, baby. Sounds weird. <laughs> well, we're bad guys. Okay. We we're just in pink. Gotcha. We're bad guys. We're coded gay, and in the eighties, that means we're bad. <laughs> bad guys. guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And and we we come back to the uh, the flamingo song, right? No, it's too advanced. <laughs> too, too advanced for those uh, country schmucks. Uh, YMCA. It's got to be really simplified for them. Really on the nose, it's too. Got, it's Raining Men by the Weather Girls. <laughs> so apparently, I just heard this today. This is why I even thought of that. The Weather Girls, they were two fat women, uh, these singers, and that was their one like hit song. Yeah. Uh, they were discovered by a disco singer named Sylvester, who hired them to be his backup singers, and he called them Two Tons of Fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. And then when the producers got them to record It's Raining Men, they're like, we got a hit on our hands. We can't put this out on their two tons of fun. No. So change it to the no. Weather Girls. No. For, yeah. for your one hit. But then that like locks them into weather-themed songs yep. at that point. I don't know. They just had their one hit. They used them, abused them, got them out of there. That's the meat grinder, baby. Uh, Shit's Creek. I'm... Uh, Started season six. Okay. Of the, I'm I'm up to the last season now. You know the end is in sight. Mm-hmm. Drew in Schitt's Creek, and I have to say it's been an extremely enjoyable ride. I'm sad that it's ending for Aww. me. It's a good show, and I really really like the characters. Yeah. Well, it's all over, and it's all over. But it'll be fun to to revisit and rewatch it. Um, it's like I I mean it, it's the kind of thing where it's like when I recommend a book. That I read to people, like, oh yeah, the Overstory. Read the Overstory; it's really good. And then on the on the front of the Overstory, it says Pulitzer Prize winner. And you're like, okay, duh. He's like, oh yeah, uh, drink water, guys. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, you know, breathe air. Do do things that are obvious. Read a Pulitzer Prize winner. Watch Shit's Creek. Shit's Creek's good. It's really really enjoyable. And uh, yeah, I just I just want to put that out there. I just want to add my voice to the cacophony. Cool. The growing cacophene. I've, uh, oh man, Drew, I read this book that uh, had a section in there that made me think of you immediately. 
And this book is from 1976, and it's called The Jaws Log by mm. Carl Gottlieb, uh, who is an actor and writer who is on the set of Jaws, hired by Steven Spielberg to be an actor, but mostly to be on set as a writer. Okay. Which means he was there the whole time. Okay. Uh, and he also knew a lot about pre-production stuff. And then he also did some research to put together the story of how it came out. And then uh, the book has a forward from, who is it? One of the producers or Peter Benchley, the writer. It was like, as far as I know, this is exactly how it all went down. Like, I'm doubling down on this book. This is the definitive version of how Jaws got made. Drew, do you remember? In Jaws, there's the moment where all the fishermen go out to find Jaws. And the, the titular Jaws. And... Uh, some fishermen end up catching a tiger shark. Uh, vaguely. Okay. So they have a tiger shark in the scene, right? Uh, they hoist it up. It's really gross looking. Everyone stands around to, t- to take a picture. Movie shot in Martha's Vineyard, which is up uh, where Maine, right? Martha's Vineyard's in Maine. Is that correct? I'm pretty sure. Right? Somewhere in New England? Okay. Uh, so Atlantic Waters, pre-summer, they were told, the producers were told that they would be able to catch large man-eating sharks in those waters and they couldn't all the fishermen spent days out there and all they could find were blue sharks that did not look appropriately ferocious enough like believable as a shark that could eat a child because that's the point that's what they need and they also didn't have time to make a prop because they thought they could catch a shark so they hired fishermen in sarasota florida (laughs) to find them a fucking shark uh was it Carl Gottlieb? Some of them, uh, they went down to Florida because they hired the fishermen to find the shark, right, and yeah. to catch it. And sure enough, they went out. Found a shark, caught it. Came back. You got the you got the static there. There you go. There we go. Came back with a uh, 13-foot tiger shark. Jesus. Okay? Like, a, for real, like, this thing will eat a child. Um, on the dock, the fishermen then haggled for more money. Oh, you want this thing? That's going to cost you mm-hmm. more money. So they had to pay that. And then the producers paid those men more money to craft a coffin-like container. Okay? And then they had to spend the next 24 to 48 hours. This was like on a Friday. That scene was shooting on Monday. They, had, they spent 48 hours trying to figure out how they are going to get this dead shark from Sarasota, Florida to Martha's Vineyard. Uh, no plane would take the cargo because sharks deteriorate extremely rapidly and uh, they were buying ice and trying to pack it and this thing was starting to stink right away and they ended up having to charter a private plane and they got up there just in time to to shoot the scene and then it took them three days to shoot it so the thing was just stinking worse and worse and by the third day like its guts were just at its throat ready to plop out onto the the dock and that sir in that movie is a bona fide Sarasota tiger shark okay Man, yeah. my hometown's got some weird connections to these movies. Isn't it weird? Oh, and then in the... So, and remember, this is 76, yeah. right? Uh, Carl Gottlieb, he describes going to Sarasota. His description was, um, this place looked like a cross between Deliverance and uh, the land that time forgot. Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah. Old Sarasota. Yeah, so not a not a glowing... Yeah, no. I uh, wonder, now talking to Carl Gottlieb, he's still alive. Ask him, like, oh, go to Sarasota now, what do you think? Walk around <laughs> the same place. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. It's all money. It's all money is down here. 
is a really good book. It's also very short. It's like 160 pages. And it, and it's since it's a book about a real thing, like the middle 20 pages, it's just pictures. Mm-hmm. Black and whites of the production. And then, but then this one that I got, it's uh, like the 40, 30 year anniversary or whatever. So it has updated notes in the back where um, like it, since it's the journal that he wrote at the time, there's like certain things I can't really say. Some people are staying anonymous. Some things are secrets. In the updated notes, is like, okay, I can say who this is or whatever. Like, here's the juice. Here's the good stuff. Cool. It's pretty cool. It's good. It's the Jaws log. I recommend it to people who like books about movies. Um, And Sarasota, Florida. So, that's the, so there's no more Sarasota than them. The, uh, that's it for the media diet, guys. We are going to take a break, and we're going to be back with the second half. I have uh, upwards of 20 stories unholy fuck yes there's a lot to talk about drew some good some great some uh nonsense some who gives a shit but we're gonna find a way to make people give a shit about them uh, even if it requires talking in silly voices the whole time uh Drew cogman are you ready for your break please don't all right here we go and we're gonna come back with the second half what is this is this australian cockney i don't know what's going on here but uh we love you guys we'll be right back Response from Juicy Cogburn. I'll, I'll take it. I'm not gonna push and ask for any more. We'll leave it at that. That's, 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 that's our Juicy Cogburn musical of the week. Next week, tune in for part two, uh, and then hopefully after enough, you'll be able to string along a whole um, bar, maybe two bars, <laughs> if you're lucky. If you're lucky. If you're lucky. We are back. Oh my God! What did we do on the break? None of your beeswax. What did you do? On our break, huh? Why don't you tell us? Cinemacrustbees at gmail.com. I don't want to know. Drew doesn't want to know, so don't tell us. Go fuck yourself. How about that instead? And instead, take your time and energy and go to patreon.com slash so and sign up for our Patreon. Give us your monies and uh, listen to the show. We got good stuff there. 12 Months of Batman is happening. We For, uh, for $1, you can get, for $12 total for the year. For you year. Get the entire year of Batman. <laughs> is that something? Plus other stuff. You get a year of Batman for 12 bucks plus other things on top of that. Sign up. Don't be a baby. Uh, is that a good tactic? A sales tactic? Chiding the audience? 
chastising them perhaps. yeah chastising them calling them cheapos i mean if if, if, if if we were more popular and had more influence yes that might work maybe possible yeah but no we're that, that, that's like that's like the poor kid telling you to get new shoes true uh it's like uh if they wanted our approval then when we call them out for being cheapskates and not signing up and just you know only listen to the commoners cast uh then they'd be like, "Oh man, I feel bad. Maybe I should be signing up for the for the money show, even Goddamn. for only a dollar a month." Philistines. But they don't care enough about us or our opinion. They they just want an hour and a half of background blabber to help them with their commutes or whatever is going on their long truck rides or maybe their uh, what else are people doing these days? The pandemic is a uh, it's over. COVID's gone, right? Well, it never existed. It never even existed to begin with. Uh, I'm. I keep hitting my arm to see if this Bill Gates microchip will like help my Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem to be helping at all. No. So I don't know why I got this microchip <laughs> in me if it's not going to help the Wi-Fi. Um, the Johnson and Johnson chip. I got the Johnson and Johnson chip, but you got got the Pfizer chip. Oh, we did then, didn't you? It's a, it's a two shot. It is, I believe. I am uh, meeting more and more people who have been getting getting vaxxed, different shots and whatnot, and of different age ranges and whatever. You know the just article came out the other day in the Orlando Sentinel about how um, uh, the state, many state sites have gone rogue. And <laughs> that's, just, a, that's how the article is quoted. they're just putting shots in arms? Yep. Yep, they have shots. They, they just want arms. And uh, depending on... But then, you know what? I read an article about how the site that I went to, the FEMA site, that was a walk-in, walk-up only site, drive-up only site. Uh, I went there. And then they were like, do you have the, the, the list or whatever? The, the, it's what the state wants, but it's a federal site. Yeah. And she's like, do you have the, 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 the doctor's note, the state-approved doctor's note that says, no, you have uh, the health issues no. that you say you have? I was like, no, I played dumb. I was like, nope. Like, I played smart for things I needed to and dumb for things I needed to. And then she was just like, oh, whatever. And then like, <laughs> and, uh, not happy about it, but approved us. And then I read an article about that exact same spot. Uh, someone who had a note from a doctor, not the state-approved one, but a note from a doctor that said this person is uh, medically vulnerable and needs a shot, and they got turned away, told to go back and go get the fucking... What bullshit is that? And then... So, you know, Florida's one of the... Probably the only back-assed word state that does this form approval thing for uh, medically vulnerable people. Uh, so now there are doctors and clinics who advertise anywhere from seventy-five to three hundred dollars. You can get yourself one of these uh, one of these notes yep. for your free vaccine. Mm-hmm. Isn't that that bullshit? No. Anyway, um, I got my shot. I just <laughs> I, guys, I just lied. So <laughs> that's all you gotta do. Just go to go to a, go to a FEMA site, lie about it. If they give you guff, go to another one. <laughs> just go to another site. Really, most of these places they're just some um, shots in arms. Yep. And, uh, and then Biden was like, uh, in May, every adult needs to be, <laughs> everyone needs to be eligible by May. So get your shit together. Anyway, the Santa sucks. It's not even a political thing. He's just bad at yeah. it. He's just been bad at it. And have you seen at all how he's been busted for, uh, making sure doses go to affluent mm-hmm. do- donors yeah, to know. people who then donate? It's yeah. wow. That's pretty. And then people, and then he, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's just too much sometimes. It's just too much, guys. Get your shot. It's important because um, that's good for the community and things getting back to a way that uh, things can be open and operable again. Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. 
I'm going to get to the news, but let's go ahead. And uh, there's no emails, but we do have a Facebook group comment where if you're, you should delete your Facebook account. But if you're still on it, join our Facebook group, Cinema Crest so and uh, have a comment slash question thread that you can put in your questions and comments. And then we'll read it on the show uh, like this. Uh, Gabe got us. What's up, Gabe? So I'm going to recommend on Hulu in and of itself. Okay. This was an NYC play that got hype and was picked up by Stephen Colbert for a documentary slash movie production. It's an illusionist existential crisis of self. I like to think of myself as cerebral and one who thinks of the big questions, and this goes there but was a bit underwhelming. Hmm. A few of the illusions were good, but I could see through some most of the other stuff due to movie magic. Mm -hmm. The questions it poses are fair. Not debilitating, but realistic check on how we, as individuals, construct ourselves. See if you want to get in your own head. Definitely rewatchable. Okay, yeah. Uh, I've seen a lot of good stuff about this in and of itself documentary. Gonna have to, for sure. Check it out. Yeah, yeah. It's been on the radar for a minute now. Um, All right. Sounds like a resounding, pretty resounding recommendation from Gabe as well. So thanks, Gabe. We appreciate it. That's how that works, guys. It's very simple. You can get your words heard on the show just like that. Um, let's get into some movie news stuff, Jersey Cogburn. Part of the reason why I wanted to get vaccinated as early as possible is because summer is quickly approaching. And the closer we get to summer, uh, the more likely it seems that there will be a summer movie season. Okay. It's happening. Okay. Uh one of the the key things for it to happen, Drew, is for all theaters to be open. For all theaters to be open, all markets need to be open. And uh, there was only one market left that was closed down in the country. And it has the okay to open, and that would be L.A. County. Did you know, Drew, L.A. County accounts for over 9% of the U.S. box office? That's crazy. New York City. 7.6, 7. 7.7%. 7. That's, that right? is nuts. So just those two markets, almost 20% yeah. of the box office. That's why when they were both closed down. Everyone's like, fuck this, we're not mo- printing out movies. Yeah, Regal's like, and then Regal's like, we are just shutting down. Yeah, yeah exactly. So that's why this shit has been happening. So LA reopening uh, next week, which means expect that email from Regal Cinema soon. Just be like, hey, the app is back. Uh, and if they do it like they did last time in September, August, September, it's going to be like, here's a month or two free to entice people to come back to the theater. If you don't have to work that hard to entice me now that I got that, you know, the old microchip that, that's, <laughs> that's sending out the, uh, the, the waves, yeah, yeah, yeah. the antiviral waves. Yes. I, don't, I don't know how science works, um, but I'm so a pro-vaxxer. Give me all the vaxxes. And... Uh, I was like, when I was at the site, I was like, you guys got malaria, too, while you're in there? What else we got going on? You got the... You got uh, some Ebola? You got some Ebola? Can I get any Ebola? I'm trying to, I'm trying to live. Are you planning to go to Africa? I'm, try, oh. I'm, I'm trying to fill my vaccine card. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got my vaccine card stamped. Look at all these cool stamps. This one's got the little red ball with the spikes on it. This is the green squiggly line. This is my little... measles, mumps, and rubella. Yeah, man. <laughs> Those are old school. These are 80s stamps. <laughs> you know how hard these are to get now? Literally impossible. It was, it was the 80s. The, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to get that app, ready for the Regal to open up. I'm ready to start going to see movies in theaters again and uh, not be worried about, uh, is this going to be bad for my health? Yeah. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Because, let me see. Since the, since the pandemic started a year ago, 
Um, it's a it is pretty much a year. It's a one year anniversary since the um, it's paused for two weeks. Let's slow the spread. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and then I think since then I've only seen like five movies. I, that's in what theaters. that's what I'm thinking. Tenant, I saw Tenant yeah, twice. Saw, I saw Tenant once. Right, that one was the one was was with my brother, and then me and my brother saw Akira. Yeah. Uh, and then Regal shut down, and then you and I saw Possessor. Yeah, we saw Possessor. Um, there so, was one other thing that we saw else. last year. Yeah, at the Enzion. And then we just saw a couple weeks ago. Uh, what do we see? I forget, but we were just there. <laughs> Man, we were, we were so high when we see these things. We were. That's why we got to record like right afterwards. Just there. Um, <laughs> it was a packed theater too. Yeah, a lot of people. It wasn't. It was before. It was just before Nomadland. Yes, because it wasn't out. that. Yeah, because it wasn't Nomadland. Because it was a trailer for Nomadland, and there was a trailer for I Minari. Yeah, and it was an eight two four movie. Oh, uh, Saint Maud. Yes, <laughs> we would go to a theater for Saint Maud. Yeah, hell yeah, it was worth it. Oh yeah, we would. Um, there's another horror film oh, that I can't think of the name, but that's being sort of compared to Saint Maud because it's sort of a similar thing about a one person being afflicted by a religious terror. Or is it a mental health issue? Um, but this one being... It's... Exodus, Gods and Kings. Yeah, exactly. It's that, it's that again. It's that again. He got hit in the head with a rock. Now uh, Flaming Bush is talking to Moses. And then we're supposed to believe this you guy? Mean, you mean Batman. Yeah. <laughs> Batman's like, let my people go. Let my people go. I'm not wearing hockey pads. Ramses. What was his name? Um, The... Uh, it's similar, but it's a Jewish horror, so it's like a okay. old Jewish demon, a Debek or something like that, I'm that down. this guy is uh, doing battle against or something. I'm down. Yeah, I wish I could think of the name of it. Saint Maud. Yeah. So we, and so we saw that Possessor, and there's like one other thing I feel like we saw, and, and that was it. And I am ready to go back to the movie theaters on a regular ass basis yeah. to see some fucking movies, and like good movies, ones. That even the studios... No, 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 no. This has to come out in theaters, man. We can't just put this out. Paramount's like, we can't just put out a quiet place at home. It's not going to work the same. Yeah. People are going to be underwhelmed by it. We need to be in a theater, even with like... That way it's full of people and it's still dead quiet. Yes. And everyone's holding their COVID breath. And I'm, I got vax. So I don't care, man. I got the microchip. Boop, 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 boop. The signals. It's like the it's like the bat chip. Yeah. It's like the bat shark repellent. Mm-hmm. It's the Bill Gates viral repellent microchip spray. Uh, they teamed up with um, Bill Gates. Did you know that he teamed up with the uh, Axe body spray people? Because mm. the, the, they had to figure out a way. The most um, uh, people who are the most uh, disbelieving of the vax, most anti-vax type people, also most likely use Axe body spray. So, <laughs> like, we'll, so we'll we'll hook up. We'll fill these Axe body sprays with the with the the microchips, and they'll just spray them into there. So theaters are reopening. Mm-hmm. Very exciting. Very exciting stuff. Okay. That wasn't even one of the 20. That was my lead story. Okay. Okay, here we go. Have you seen Drusa Cogburn, Deep Fake Tom Cruise? No. Okay. Uh, Deep Fake Tom Cruise popped up a few weeks ago on TikTok. And actually, I can... Let me, I'm going to pull it up here real quick and show you uh, how good this deep this particular Deep Fake is. He has... Well, I mean, they've been getting better as time goes on. Yes. Yes, they have been. Hold on a second. Let me cancel that. I'm going to go here. I'm going to do this. No one worry about... No one listen to this part. Everyone skip this part of the show. Just keep going like another 10, 20, maybe 30 seconds. Okay. And then... All right, we're here. We're here. Stop. Stop. Pause. 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 I mean, resume. Okay, here we go. So he is Deep Tom Cruise, 
uh, only a handful of videos, and right away people are like, holy shit, is this really him? So, uh, and I'll, I'll even turn the sound up, because this, it's also an impersonator. Drew's looking at a Tom Cruise deepfake on TikTok. That's almost convincing. Almost, almost. There's, so, there's something about, something about his face. So it's an impersonator that they're using software, right? Yeah. The guy's a good impersonator. He is. He is a good impersonator. Yeah. And with the software, it does, it looks like his face, but it, there's something off about it. Yes. And so... It's a really good deepfake, though. It's a very good deepfake, as a matter of fact. Uh, that's sort of the point. So this guy, the creator of it, has come out. First, they put out three or four videos, and then the creator came out. Uh, this guy, he is, uh, was he Dutch or, or, or he's some sort of Belgian Chris Ume, Umi, Umi, a Belgian visual artist. Um, he is using high-end equipment, and his goal isn't to really make people think it is Tom Cruise, but his goal is to help people realize that deep fake technology, like look it, how good it is, look how good <laughs> it is, like it's here, it's gonna get better. Yeah, start um, learning about this shit and learning how to like you know visually tell. Um, I'm bad at. Uh, like visually being able to tell when something like when I saw coming to America and our city hall was like, whoa, this face is all crazy. Like oh. that's like some bad shit for me to realize it right away. Like the first time I saw Terminator was it dark fate when they had like the little video game, Eddie Furlong. Get yeah. shot. First time I saw that, I was like, is this <laughs> like, is this a found footage from the movie from the nineties? They just cleaned up. Yeah. No. But then when, um, uh, Arnold walked out. I was like, is that just a bodybuilder <laughs> that they put makeup on? Uh, but it still looked kind of real. But then when I rewatched it, I was like, oh, no, it doesn't. You know, For me, it takes repeat viewings. Um, but here's a creator. He says, the important thing is we didn't want to fool people. If I can help in creating awareness or even work on detection in the future, I would love to. He's sort of trying to position himself for a, yeah. a high-tech job here. Um, he says that... Uh, or just some good, is it this article? Oh, one of these articles. I pulled two articles. One of them has a picture of the guy. Uh, and he sort of looks like Tom Cruise, but like not really. Yeah, look at this guy. Ooh. He doesn't, you know, he, he's he got the right proportions yes. of the face. Yes. That's what it is. And the hair's good. Yeah. And, and he's got the same hair and almost like the same entire from like, Forehead up. Yeah. Almost. And all, you know, if you just do the eyes and up, it's almost like the same person. So you just got to get rid of the middle of his face. Well, and down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's how, that's what the software is for. That's what the software is for. And then also, he's probably talking really well, uh, just like him. So, um, where, where is it? Where is it? The, the, the info on how he made it is pretty interesting. The digital creation of Mr. Cruz was no easy feat. 
they required extensive expertise and time. Most of what you see is the body and voice of Miles Fisher, a Tom Cruise impersonator who was already fluent in the actor's mannerisms and sounds. Um, only the face from the forehead to the chin is shown in the videos. He spent two months training the computer model to create Mr. Cruz's facial expressions, first feeding it video of random faces before focusing on Tom Cruise. Uh, Ume spent 24 hours in production for each minute-long video, fine-tuning details like eye alignment. Uh, it's like a small Hollywood studio with the two of us, he said. It's not something you can just do at with the home computer pressing a button. So he's emphasizing that this took a shit ton of work and money yeah. to, to create these things. Uh, but then again, it's also, it's coming. Be careful. It's possible. It's possible and it's coming. And uh, man, I love, I, I'm following deep Tom Cruise. I yeah. think it's hysterical. I want more. Yeah. It sounds like a lot of ass work too. So now I'm like, yeah, uh, we spent all that money. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Also, I want to, what does Tom Cruise think about it? He's probably just like, yeah, Cool. <laughs> huh? I mean, hell, fucking maybe he'll start giving them some money so they can do some fun stuff. There we go. Like, hey, you do the stunts for me now. No, he's all, he's all about doing the yeah, stunts. He wants to do stunts. He wants to do them. He's stunts. going to space, Chris. Yes. <laughs> um, in October this year, next year, I forgot already. When was that flight scheduled for the SpaceX Dragon? I don't and, know. Do you, do you think? Do you think he's gonna hijack the craft and go try to find Zenu? Oh man, is that his <laughs> true intention all along? That would be wild. And also disappointed because I want to see this movie. <laughs> I want to see the space movie. <laughs> like, oh, you going to see Xenu? <laughs> Man, he ain't out there, Tom. That's when we hired Deep Fake Tom. Like, all right, all right, you Tom Cruise now. <laughs> Go, Deep Tom. Hope you can act. <laughs> Hope you can act like Tom Cruise can act. I know you can act like Tom Cruise, but I need you to act like Tom Cruise acting. Can he do that? I don't know. Is he better? Would that make him a better actor than Tom Cruise? That would would make him a better actor than Tom Cruise, one hundred percent. Like I need you to act like Tom Cruise, acting like Maverick and Top Gun. Like he's always just acting like Tom Cruise. In yeah, it's hard to describe. But anyway, um, next story. We we have to move these these things along here. Um, Eddie Murphy, uh, obviously you know doing press for coming to America exactly and, and whatnot and. Uh, some interesting self-aware revelations he had uh, about how his pause in acting for a while and making movies, you know, between this and Dolomite Is My Name, he's having what could be considered a comeback. Yeah, of sorts. Unless you talk to LL Cool J. No one ask him, please. <laughs> no one ask LL Cool J. Um, Eddie Murphy was on Mark Barron's WTF podcast because Mark Maron does things like interview presidents yeah, and shit. It's, exactly. it's crazy. He's an ornery old comedian, but somehow... It's wild. He's got the cred. It's truly crazy. Um, right place, right time. Here is Eddie Murphy. The plan was, I'd stop making movies in 2011. I was like, let me take a break from movies. I was making shitty movies. He's right. And it was like, this shit ain't fun. They're giving me Razzies. I think those motherfuckers gave me worst actor ever Razzie or some shit. It was like, yeah, maybe it's time to take a break. When you get the worst actor ever Razzie, maybe I need to pull back. Um... And then this points out here, between 2002 and 2010, Eddie Murphy uh, was nominated for a number of Razzies for the movies Showtime, I Spy, The Adventures of Pluto Nash. Uh, he got Worst Actor of the Decade honors for the early 2000s. And then his last movie before his break was A Thousand Words, which was, as you can guess... Awful. Nominated for a Razzie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, his, his movies were all bad for a while, and he was like... This is bad. So, 
Quote picks up again. Mm-hmm. At least he realized it himself. Right, exactly. <laughs> Precisely. He says, I was only going to take a break for one year. And then all of a sudden, six years go by, and I'm sitting on the couch. And I'm like, you know, I kind of could sit on this couch and not get off it. But I don't want to leave. The last bunch of shit they've seen me do is bullshit. So I was like, let me get off the couch and do some stuff and remind them that I'm funny. And then if I want to come back to the couch, I can do that. So the plan was to do Dolomite, Saturday Night Live, do Coming to America, and then do stand-up, and then see how I felt afterwards. So he's already done most of that. Yeah. So I guess it's back to stand-up. Yeah. And that's been rumored for a while. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Murphy going back to stand-up. That's been long, long rumored. Uh, I mean, some people get their groove back doing that. Absolutely. <clears throat> absolutely. And I'm surprised stand-up wasn't the first part of the equation as opposed to the last step of the equation. Well, but Well, I mean, it takes a while to people to come full circle sometimes. Yes, that's true. That's very true. Hmm. That self-awareness is very interesting. Um, let's see here. Uh, oh, yeah, this is funny. This is a good story. So, we mentioned Justice League. Mm-hmm. Justice League was accidentally made available on HBO Max uh, last week. Oh, okay. To people who clicked on the Tom and Jerry movie. Oh, good for... Well, I mean, some people lucked out, I guess? Sort of, depending on, you know... Yeah. Like, I'm sitting there with who my children. Are. Yeah, okay, let's watch a Tom and Jerry movie. And here's Zack Snyder's rated R Justice League. And Batman's like, fuck, fuck. <laughs> Fucking parademons, fuck. Um, Alfred... Fuck. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. It's, uh, for a while, it was up for people saw some people saw up to like an hour of the movie before it just stopped working. Uh, but people who clicked on Tom and Jerry, it said Zack Snyder's Justice League pulled up, and a bunch of people took screenshots and put that on Twitter. And now all those tweets, they all say media can't be displayed because. Um, uh, Warner Brothers went around like DMC yep. order and took everything down. Everyone screenshots of the movie, uh, but it was out there. It was out there for a minute, and then some people were like, "Oh, is someone at Warner Brothers trying to sabotage the Justice League uh, because sure. of the whole Ray Fisher thing?" I'm, I'm sure it was a technical error on the app. That's just a goddamn technical. Yeah, Some, yeah. something it, got it, fucked up. It went to the it, it selected the wrong movie <laughs> from its database. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> it's like a jukebox yeah. went down and accidentally picked up the wrong disc or turned it on the wrong side. But it was digital. Yeah. yeah, people, everyone's like, it's a conspiracy. Everything has to be a conspiracy. No, relax. Well, yeah. Someone fucks something up. Well, it's only a conspiracy to make them feel better because now they're special because they caught on to something that nobody else uh-huh. knows. Aha, it's like, see, I see through, I see yeah, the, uh-huh. the matrix, uh, yeah. the green numbers, the, yeah, yeah. the code. I see the code. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go back to Coming to America because I forgot to mention a story, but I found this fascinating, especially for people who may have already seen this movie. James Earl Jones and Eddie Murphy... Uh, they have two scenes together. Uh, you know, James Earl Jones, he has a scene where he's on his deathbed talking to Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall's uh, semi-character. And also Arsenio Hall's, uh, like, his older, mm-hmm. the old um, soothsayer character. And then he has the funeral that's like the, the living funeral thing. That turns into the... That turns into his real funeral because he dies during it. And uh, this is all in the first few minutes of the movie. Eddie Murphy and James Earl Jones were... Never in the same room, did not film their scenes together. As a matter of fact, uh, James Earl Jones shot his scenes in New York City. Eddie Murphy shot his half of the scenes in L.A. Cool. And then they put them together. Yeah. The director had to do all the, the Eddie Murphy stuff for James Earl Jones off camera. Fun. Isn't that something? Isn't that movie magic? Yeah. Never. Could never tell. Watching the movie that they were completely 
separate parts of the country at different times doing that shit. And I don't even think it was like compositing stuff. It's just a good old, good old fashioned blocking and yeah, yeah, smart smart shooting. So keep an eye on that, people. Are your actors even in the same scenes together? We got deep fakes. Da, da, da. We got actors shooting their shit separately. I mean half. I mean, half the action scenes in the Marvel movies, it's not even actors. It's fucking digital cartoons. Man, you go back and look at some of the Marvel stuff from like 2011, 2012. It's so like, uh, look at Robert Downey Jr.'s head like floating above this cartoon robot body. Like At the time, it's like, damn, did they make an Iron Man suit? Now you're like, is this a cartoon movie? Yes, it is a cartoon. Were we just watching a cartoon movie? I mean, yeah. Yeah, we were. Pretty much. For the most part, we were. Yeah. And, uh, it's a really expensive cartoon. So expensive. Oh, my God. These people. Well, someone got paid. That's good. Uh, Russell Crowe going to be in a movie. Uh, here we go. Clicking on this link. It's about a true story of um, this guy named, what's his name? Mark Rothko. Mark Rothko uh, was a, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? I have all the information right here. And it's very fascinating. It's based on a book, Legacy of Martha Rothko. He was a painter. He was a painter. What did they talk about Rothko's in that fucking art documentary? Perfect. I Look at that. He's one of the artists that the dude forged. And they were forging Rothko's. Yeah. Okay. Well, on top of that, when Rothko died, there was a huge battle for his artwork. Of course. And people were trying to uh, get it and sell it before his family could take it. Yeah. So his daughter had to uh, fight legally to get the the rights to the Rothkos. So Russell Crowe going to be playing Rothko, probably in flashbacks because he's about, this is about mm-hmm. the, the battle for his art. Uh, Michael Stuhlbarg is in it. Jared Harris coming off Chernobyl is in it. Aaron Taylor Johnson, Kickass himself, is in this movie. And uh, the reason Kickass is in it, Drew, is because it's directed by his wife, Sam Taylor Johnson. Oh, there we go. So there we go. Getting his, getting her hubby some work. Good cool. for her. Good for her. Good for them. Um, Rothko is a film about courage against adversity and the blah, blah, blah. The Rothko trial is a shocking account of how a seemingly powerless young woman takes on an unscrupulous group of powerful middle-aged men and wins, spoiler alert, at 19, Kate Rothko finds herself suddenly both an orphan and a mother to her younger brother. She turns to her father's three closest friends for guidance, uh, an anthropology professor, a painter turned accountant and a gallery director but she discovers that these men have an elaborate scheme to sell Rothko's art fraudulently so there you go yeah um honestly sounds kind of boring but has a really good cast and it could be could be good could be fun get to see some Rothko's uh Concrete Cowboy is a movie Joseph Cogman starring Idris Elba it's uh, based on a, a, a real uh, person and uh, it got sold very recently to Netflix and is coming out on Netflix. It got a release date of April 2nd. Okay. It premiered at the Toronto International Film Festival. That's TIFF. At TIFF, and it's sold there. Um, it follows a teenager, and it's a... Uh, uh, it says Caleb McLaughlin. No, no. So he's from Stranger Things. He moves from Detroit to Philadelphia to live with his estranged father, who is Idris Elba. He finds out that his dad is part of a neighborhood community that cares for horses. No. Um, It's the Fletcher Street Stables, a real-life black urban horsemanship community that has provided a safe haven to neighborhood residents for more than 100 years. Uh, So it's about that. It's about um, 
uh, coming of age, learning from a father figure. With horses in the city. With horses. Horses in the city. I love that song. Um, first time filmmaker, Ricky Staub. Cast includes Method Man. Cool. And members of the real Fletcher Street Stables. Fun. Good times. So uh, that's coming on April 2nd. People just want, I just wanted people to... Maybe want to keep an eye out for that one. No. Sounds like a fun one. And it makes me think of uh, <clears throat> last year at some one of the Black Lives Matters protests at some point, a group like this, a like an urban horse uh, tenders, um, horse tenders, delicious, <laughs> like a horse, uh, like stable type thing, um, like a group of men, black men rolled up on horses, like a dozen of them to a protest. Uh, and then there was like a short hill and they got up on the hill uh, so they could like look out over everything and uh, it was fucking cool. Goddamn urban cowboys. I was like, holy shit, that's cool. <laughs> well, I don't want to get run down by these dudes. Um, what is it about that one? It's an advantage. Well, first off, you're on a beast, right? It's an yeah. advantage to go into battle on, on horseback where it was for a while before things became uh, industrialized and yeah. mechanized and whatever. Yeah, before guns. Before guns and tanks. Um, before then, it was like horses, motherfucker. Yeah. Like, these guys got horses. We fucked. Um, what's, what is that all about? I mean, John Wick with a horse. He's the I mean, yeah. Goddamn deadly with a horse, man. Yeah. Against, against dudes with guns. And motorcycles. Yes. Ninjas with guns and motorcycles <laughs> and swords. And he was murdering them on horseback. Uh, anyway, this is a horse appreciation show now. <laughs> Next week, we're going to review Sea Biscuit starring Spider-Man. And then after that, Zoo. Yes. <laughs> we're going to talk about Zoo every week for, for the rest of the year <laughs> on this horse appreciation show. Yes, it will be that kind of horse <laughs> appreciation. Um, so follow us next week for our doubleheader Zoo <laughs> and Hildalgo. <laughs> That's that's a ten dollar Patreon level. <laughs> a lot of horse love. Um, let's see here, Russell Crowe, Concrete Cowboy. Oh, so sequel to a documentary. How about this, okay. Lost in La Mancha? Mm-hmm. That's the Terry Gilliam um, Don Quixote movie. Don Quixote that never made it, uh, but then it did, right? Yeah. So the version that that one with Johnny Depp obviously didn't happen. Uh, Terry Gilliam eventually does make the movie with Adam Driver yep. and Jonathan Price, and then it came out of the reviews like yeah, people were just like, Meh. "We're just happy that you made it, Terry." Like, <laughs> congratulations! No, yeah, no one wanted to shit on it. Like, yeah. well, good, good job. You, you tried once you. and it didn't work out for you. Like, this was a passion of yours. It's been a nightmare. You made it. Congrats! Like, uh, SBK used to say, uh, like for a beer review, if if it was on a scale of one out of ten. He would give it one point for them for coming up with the idea, and then two points for him actually getting it to the market. Like, wow, you did it! Yeah. You made a beer, and it's <laughs> on the market. Good job, guys! Like, that's such a because yeah, got nothing. That's else. rough. So that's like uh, that was kind of the the reviews that that movie got. Anyway, it's like good job you put it out there, yeah, Terry. Yeah. Anyway, so the people that made Lost in La Mancha they stuck around and they filmed his making of the movie again, the second go around, and now that documentary is about to come out and it's called um, He Dreams of Giants. Okay. So the part two, no longer Lost in La Mancha, man is now found. Good for Terry Gilliam. Hasn't made a good movie in years, but who cares? It happens. I mean, it's been a long time since he made a good movie. 12 Monkeys was mid-90s. Yeah. But yeah, there must have been something after 12 Monkeys, though. 
Maybe. That was good. I mean, he's made a bunch of movies, but that's been good. Like, he's made a bunch of Tidelands and stuff. And, oh, God. Oh, boy. The Fisher King 2, did that, did that ever happen? I don't think so. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd, be a, that'd be a crazy one. And there's no more Monty Python-ish stuff. Fear and Loathing? Was that after 12 Monkeys? No, yeah, 98. Okay, okay, okay. 98. Uh, that Zero Theorem movie was weird. That was okay. I also... But that's the thing for me where I sort of have a personal... Well, yeah, for Christoph Waltz. No, not even just Christoph Waltz, but the guy who wrote the movie. Uh, I, he was a UCF, maybe still was a UCF teacher. And I took uh, his, classes. his screenwriting class. No. And uh, I remember he passed around for formatting purposes. He passed around the first two pages of his Zero Theorem screenplay. And, he was, and then he mentioned, yeah, this is... We're actively trying to get this made now. We're talking to people, blah, blah, blah. Anyway. Yeah, that's it. So I have a little, a little spot in my heart for that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, so that's it. Yeah, Zero Theory may be the last one. Um, I had to take care of that. Okay, so Disney hits 100 million subscribers after just 16 months from launching. Trusa Cogburn, to put that in perspective, Netflix has 200 million subscribers. Disney thought they would get to 100 million um, between 2004, 2024, and 2026. Oh, wow. So uh, it seems like uh, people want what Disney's got. For sure, they want what they got, and Disney is going to give it to them. And I would like to think that these two stories, Drew, are not unrelated. Okay. Disney hits 100 way faster than other people thought. Netflix, meanwhile... They're pulling a 180 on their years-long stance of, um, eh, we're fine with the password sharing. It's cool. Oh, okay. Uh-oh. Finally. Uh-oh, people. <laughs> Uh-oh, Netflix users. Uh, heads up. Here we go. This is what you may have to look forward to in the future. Um, this has been rolling out on some uh accounts but upon login some netflix viewers will see a message that says if you don't live with the owner of this account you need your own account to keep watching and then to continue watching you will have to verify the account with a code sent to either the email address or the phone of the main user Um, if they aren't able to verify the account or if you opt to verify later then you are prompted to create your own 30-day free trial account so there you go, guys. The the long Netflix free ride is ending for some of you. Unless you work at a thing where it's like you got to text the guy like, yo, yo, send me this. <laughs> yo, they sent you the code. Send me the code. You know. Yo, bro, send me that code. <laughs> or if I like, if I get the code, if I get Netflix verification code, I'm like, oh, I know who needs this. And I'll just like, I'll just pass along right away. Here you go, dude. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's hysterical that Disney's crushing it, and now Netflix is like, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. We, well, I mean, it, it's a good way. If now that there's more competition, now they've got to inflict, they have to inflict their numbers now. Yeah. And it's not like some of the people, yeah, they're going to lose quote unquote viewership numbers, but mm-hmm. they're not going to, they're going to gain money doing this. Yeah. They're only going to so. get, their numbers are going to go up. Yeah. yeah it's going to be interesting to see how that works out for them. Um, let's see, we're working on time. We got about 20 minutes. Uh, oh, uh, maybe we heard this up a bit. So, Hollywood directors nominate two women for top prize in historic first. I just read the headline. It's, mm-hmm. not, it's not fun when I just read the headline. I gotta actually click on the thing. 
to find, find out who they are yeah, here and we go. what's okay. going on. So this is um, for the Directors Guild. And, you know, we're now it's the because the Oscars got pushed to April, which is next month now. Mm-hmm. Um, the, quote, award season is even longer. And it's all but no more movies came out. So it ended up being. Oh, worthless yeah. to have the longer season. It's been st- it's been stupid. I hate it. It's dumb. Anyway, it's award season. The only awards I think that are quote worth it are guilds, directors guild, writers guild. You know, pe- yeah. people. It's the, the recognizing the pe- it's with the peer the, review. Yes, yes, perfect peer review. Thank you, Drew. Um, so the directors guild peer review nominees are here. Um, and they nominated two women, which is a big deal because uh, it's the first time that's happened in seven decades mm, for the DJ, where two women got nominated in the same year. Um, Chloe Zhao for Nomadland and Emerald Fennel for Promising Young Woman. Mm, nice. And the other three people who are nominated are David Fincher from Mank. Aaron Sorkin for Trial of Chicago 7, and Lee Isaac Chung for Minari. All right, so there you go. So there's only two white men out of the five nominees, which is a a big turnaround from what's business as normal there. I I only missed one of those movies last year. Yeah. Not two. I didn't see Minari. You haven't seen it? No. Oh, that's right. You didn't get a chance to see it. Um, It'll be... I'll never watch it. No, it'll be streaming. It's worth watching. Steve Yoon. Uh, Steve Yoon. You know the Steve Yoon completist? Yeah, I don't care. The uh, only one woman has ever won the DGA top honor. That would be Catherine Bigelow for The Hurt Locker. She ended up winning the Oscars that year. Yeah. Well, um, DGA winner, it's a pretty good indicator of you know who's going to be your, your best bet. Yeah. So it's looking like this year it's, might be um, Zhao. She's looking like she may be getting Nomadland director, but then for Best Picture, it's sort of a toss-up between Zhao, um, Nomadland, and um, Chicago 7, surprisingly. Interesting. Yeah, it's got a weird online... I don't know why people like it, I guess. Well, Aaron Sorkin. Yeah, that's also it's Aaron Sorkin. He writes, you know, snappy stuff. He writes stuff. good, but he doesn't direct all that well. Yeah, the directing's so pedestrian. It's like, this could have been so much snappier. What if, imagine if this was a Danny Boyle movie. People have just been running around back and forth like crazy. The, lots of walkie-talkies. Lots of, oh, man, love that shit. The uh, Avatar had announced a surprise re-release in China about a week ago. They yep. announced it. Um, and, number one. Number right? One. And then they were about 8 million behind uh, Avengers Endgame. And the numbers are in, Tristan Cogburn, and in China, on a surprise re-release with only a week of promoting... Uh, it made $20 million in China, so that puts it back at the number one worldwide movie of all time. Well, I mean, uh, Avatar Land is part... Is, is it? Aren't those mountain peaks somewhere in China? What, what the, Where they filmed that? Well, no, where the inspiration for that came oh, from. Oh, the inspiration, like up, up in uh, so high that they have like clouds. Yeah. Or, oh, maybe. And they're all peaks. I'm pretty sure they yeah, are. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely possible. Um, and, uh, it is part of a lot of people are like, yo, this is James Cameron being salty. This is, you know, uh, all he wants is to be the number one movie, blah, blah, blah. But really what it is, is, um, China reopening for the summer movie season. And they're trying to get people to come out to the theaters again. Uh, oh yeah, that does look like, (laughs) but it's the, uh, Zhang... Giji National Forest Park. Yeah, the park that inspired Avatar. Very nice. Um, so what happened was, about a year ago, 
last summer, uh, China and the uh, China Film Group, the Chinese government, they regulate what movies get shown in the country. They wanted to pick a handful of historically popular movies to uh, package and re-release in theaters to get people to come out to the movie theaters because of the lack of product and they're trying to support the industry. And Avatar was one of the ones that got selected, but then because of like new waves of pandemic and theaters opening and closing, that it never got used, That no. those digital packages. This week, China, out of nowhere, was like, we're using those packages that we had set up from a year ago. Um, and it caught everyone pretty much off guard, but everyone was also... Sure, great. They're happy about yeah. it because that means we're just going to make that that much more money on all this shit. Uh, so Avatar now, now back to number one, and back to number one. And you know what? It's fine. It doesn't matter. Disney Makes owns them both. Yeah. Disney owns uh-huh. them both. Who gives a shit? Hey, Disney just beat itself with the most money. Yeah. Congratulations, Disney, on making more money again. Yeah, and guess what? <laughs> the most popular movies that made the most money are they the best movies made? No, no. not even close. No, Possessor's better than both of those movies. Isn't that weird? <laughs> Isn't that weird? <laughs> but it's not for everyone, though. No! It's not for everyone. No, it's very yellow. If you don't like something <laughs> yellow, <laughs> you won't like Possessor. It's very yellow and red. <laughs> a lot of yellow and sticky. A lot of red. Very sticky. Steven Spielberg making a movie that is loosely based upon his childhood. Okay. The Michelle Williams has been cast, or not has been cast, but is in talks for the role that is essentially inspired by his mom. Okay. And uh, there will be a child in the movie that is essentially going to be him, and it's based on his time uh, being raised by his mom in Arizona, in a suburb in Arizona. It's essentially like all the kid stuff in the Amblin movies in the 80s, the yeah, E.T. Yeah. kid stuff, and Just the Goonies. Take all that stuff and boil it down to this. Yeah, get, <laughs> get rid of all the, uh, the stuff about aliens and treasures yeah. and pirates, any of that. Get rid of all that. Just the kids running around you know, from a broken house or whatever. Yeah. And I guess that was Steven Spielberg. That's Steven Spielberg in Arizona. So that's coming. And it sounds boring as fuck. Yeah, it it truly, truly sounds boring as hell. I mean, can we add aliens or can we pirates? Please, can we or... please add them back? Can we add them back? Can we that, just... was the, that was the best part of all those movies. Yeah, we don't care about the kids in those movies, man. No, because then that ooh, kids from a broken home. Okay, so my childhood. What's up? Yeah, so, who cares? Nobody gives a fuck. Oh, except this one turned out to be uh, genius Steven Spielberg. Good yeah. for you. Good for you, Steven. Yeah. Make a movie about your own life, you motherfucker. Of course I'll be there opening weekend. You son of a bitch. <laughs> Son of a bitch. You'll probably end up selling it to like Apple TV or some shit. Yeah. Um, we got a Lord Miller production. This news made waves this week, Juice of Cobb. I heard about Yeah, this. at least three or four different people posted about it in the Facebook group. No one checks to see if other people post. They just post it themselves because they want to be the one to get all the likes and the comments oh. and the hearts. And it's an addictive thing, guys. And you have to break yourself from these social media strictures that are so. There's something called Cocaine Bear. Yep, I heard about this. And it's based on a true story. Uh, it's a character-driven thriller inspired by true events that took place in Kentucky in 1985. Um, per Roadside America, Pablo Escobar was a 175-pound black bear that died of an overdose of $15 million worth of cocaine. Uh, smuggler Andrew Carter Thornton II, wealthy son of an elite horse breeding family who fell to his death when he bailed out of the plane, hit his head on the tail of the aircraft, and did not open his chute until it was too late. Yeah. Yeah. And then the cocaine hits the ground and the bear eats it. All of it. And uh, I, I, re- I read a news article about it after. And yeah, it's like stomach 
filled to the yeah. brim. And uh, and horrible things happen to that bear. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what happens when you overdose on cocaine. It doesn't sound like a comedy to think about a bear going through excruciating pain and suffering, uh, simultaneous strokes and heart attacks and all this arrhythmia from the over-ingestion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure for a couple of minutes it was a crazy scene. For a second, yeah, for a second <laughs> there, there, was a, there was a legit cocaine bear fucking yeah. some shit up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's but, what I want to see. But it ends, yeah, but yeah. I'm going to see. How do they pull this off? I want to see how they pull this shit off. It'll be fascinating. I want to know exactly what story they're going to tell because the cocaine bear is literally, like we said, like 10 minutes of the story. Yeah, that's it. What story is there? What else is there going to be? What else is there going to be? And then the guy who uh, drops the cocaine that the bear eats dies on the way mm-hmm. down. So what is the story about him? It's two separate stories. Mm-hmm. His story of getting the cocaine and then dying and then we follow the cocaine like the feather in the beginning of Forrest Gump yep. to the bear who eats the cocaine and then and dies. dies. That sounds like a shitty movie. Yeah. But Lord Miller's producing it. Elizabeth Banks is signed on to direct it. These people what are the like... What the fuck is this movie? So yeah. What, yeah, what are they signing on for? They know something. Yeah. You know what they know? They know the script or whatever. <laughs> they, yeah. yeah, they read the script. <laughs> They're like, this actually works. So we'll see. Cocaine bear coming eventually. Probably at this rate if they announce it now. 2022 it's sort of a comedy uh, I didn't pull this story but um, Batman the Batman has finished uh, shooting nice yeah so that's on track for I think 2022 I think that got pushed um, are you ready for Kenneth Branagh's Bee Gees yes what he's making a movie about the Bee Gees a docudrama and it's Kenneth Branagh's Bee Gees okay uh, I hope it's a musical the jukebox, jukebox musical, obviously. Using, yeah. I mean, it's going to be like Queen, Bohemian Rhapsody, mm. where they're standing out. I have an idea for a song. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, 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 how about this? Stay <laughs> down. Yeah, that's a good idea. That's right. That's right. Yeah, okay, everyone's like, duh. Yeah. Yes. Like, oh, oh, that's how they did it. That's how they wrote that song. I got such a boring version of a documentary. Let's see what Kenneth Branagh does with it. Maybe he shows up as Hercule Poirot with his big mustache and he solves a mystery with the Bee Gees. Or maybe uh, the Bee Gees hallucinate Shakespeare or something. Who knows? Yes, there we go. All of a sudden, they're just uh, talking in iambic pentameter. Michael B. Jordan was... We're down to 10 minutes. Michael B. Jordan was um, rumored for a while to be the director of Creed 3. Okay. Uh, I thought it was um, for sure happening, Uh but it has now been confirmed. Here we go. Michael B. Jordan doing the Sylvester Stallone route of directing his sequels. That's what he should have done for Creed 2. Um, but he's directing Creed 3. Set to come out. Oh, this is new news. Set to come out Thanksgiving 2022. Okay. Yeah, so next year. Next Thanksgiving. Um, The others were Thanksgiving movies as well, yeah. I, I recall. It's <laughs> a, that's a good weekend to put out a movie that's like meant for crowds and stuff because uh you got the long weekend for the holiday families are getting together families are sick of each other they're looking for things to do well exactly Pe- people are in unfamiliar cities that's big too yeah it's weird how that happens where yeah. your city i don't know what to do you let's go to the movie you want to go to a movie okay that, that's yeah. you know see a movie that you, we can see literally in our own city in yeah. a theater it's probably very similar to ours mm-hmm. you know? Yes, I do, as a matter of fact. Yeah. I saw Batman Begins in Los Angeles. There we go. <laughs> because I was like, shit, it's out. Yeah. Are we are we gonna go see Batman or not, man? I don't care if I'm in LA. Doesn't matter. This movie we need to see this movie. We dude. need to see this movie that just came out. We'll be in theaters for months. We need to go <laughs> now. We'll go to Venice Beach tomorrow. Muscle Beach, go to Muscle Beach. Who's that? Hello to my friend Sven. Sven's down there, he's pumping the iron. 
Sven's like, how you doing? My mom thinks when I do Werner Herzog, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> well, I mean, German, Austrian. German, Austrian. Yeah. That just makes me think that I'm sort of doing it right then. Yeah. <laughs> if, they, if I'm mixing the two up. Or maybe it's just, you know, my German, Austrian is, is in the middle of the Ayayuaya nature. Come with me if you want to nature. <laughs> um, Elle Fanning, remember her? Mm-hmm. She, she has joined the movie Francis and the Godfather as actress Ali McGraw. Okay. Uh, she was dating producer Robert Evans at the time when Robert Evans was making The Godfather. Robert Evans in this movie to be played by Jake Gyllenhaal. And the movie is being directed by Barry Levinson, a making of The Godfather movie. And this is in conjunction, now not in conjunction, but at the same time, like Army Hammer got fired from The Offer, which is a series mm-hmm. about the making of The Godfather. Oh, great. Thi- uh, that documentary I watched, speaking of Army Hammer, yeah. the owner of the gallery. Yeah. His dad. What? The Hammer <laughs> family is involved? That, those, those people are fucked <laughs> up, man. His granddad was like an oil baron. His dad was selling fraudulent art through his museum. Fucked up. And then his son is a is a cannibal, wannabe cannibal rapist. Yeah. Sounds, I mean, that sounds about right. That's crazy. When, when, you, when you track money and power, you, you start with a guy who worked his ass off and made a bunch of money, and then everybody else just feeds off it and gets weird and fucked yeah, up. Yeah, weird and fucked up. Then you end up with like... Caligula. Uh, you, have, you have Max Shrek, and then you have Chip Shrek. Yeah. My boy Chip. Yeah. This power plant is his legacy. <laughs> Got sign for a Patreon, so... <laughs> what we're talking about. Yeah, Drew's correct. That's how that works. Um... Okay, here is a... Actually, this is pretty much a short list of movies. I have, like, directors assigned to them, like Michael B. Jordan is doing Creed 3, Kenneth Branagh is doing Bee Gees, um, Barry Levinson is doing The Godfather movie, Alexander Aha, French director who made High Tension, Piranha 3D, and um, Crawl was his last movie. Did you ever see that one? No. Crawl's fun. I enjoyed Crawl. He has this next movie set to come out now in on Netflix very soon, starring Melanie Laurent, and it's called Oxygen. It'll be on Netflix. Uh, what's the release date? I think May. It's come out in May. And here's a synopsis: French survival thriller. Tells a story of a young woman who wakes up in a cryogenic pod. She doesn't remember who she is or how she ended up there. As she's running out of oxygen, she must rebuild her memory to find a way out of her nightmare. May 12th. Didn't Ryan Reynolds already make that movie? Uh, he made the non-sci-fi version where he's just buried in a box out in the Middle East somewhere. Yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal is in a box in Source Code. Yeah, but that's like the twist at the end. So it's uh, like halfway between those two things. It's like yeah. buried, sort of buried, sort of Source Code. But it's Melanie Laurent. Uh, maybe it's in French. Because Alexander Aha is a French director. Yeah. So maybe that's also... That would be fun if it's in French. Could be. Uh, David Fincher has a few projects lined up. So he signed a multi-year, million, multi-million dollar deal with Netflix. He's working there for the next few years. Um, and what's the thing that he said here? Quote, I am playing with adapting a French graphic novel about an assassin. We talked about that recently. That's the... Um, uh, Michael Fassbender? No, Brad Pitt. He's already doing an assassin movie. I think Michael Fassbender. Anyway, an assassin movie. Um, I am playing with uh, Robert Town and I are trying to break a limited series, sort of a prequel to Chinatown. So he's talking okay. to the, the original writer of Chinatown to work on a prequel. 
about um Jack Nicholson's character in his time in Chinatown with Lou Escobar, it says. And I'm working on a show about film appreciation and about movies that I love with guests that I love about movies that they love. Cool. So Fincher is busy. Um, well, and apparently uh, Love, Death, and Robots is a season two coming out. He produced that. He produces that. And then we'll see if Mindhunter season three ever happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, George R. R. Martin has a, a series of books called Wild Cards. Okay. Wild Cards is uh, started in 1987. There are tw- is it is it W Y L D C A R D Z and it's a big flashy logo like the stupid nineties comics. No, that'd be that'd be cool. That'd be cool, Drew Chicago, but Wild no, it's not. Cards. It is not that at all. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, it's, Lame. it's the opposite of that. Um, twenty-seven book series, <laughs> and not done. Wow, ongoing series, and it is a sort of X-Men-ish. There is a secret history of the world, a history in which an alien virus struck the Earth in the aftermath of World War II, endowing a handful of survivors with extraordinary powers. Cool. Some were called aces. Others were termed jokers. Boom. Wild cards. Uh, some turned their talents to the service of humanity. Others used their powers for evil. Wild cards is their story. Yeah. Uh, it started out as a Hulu show, but before it could be, uh, um, completed or made or whatever, Disney bought Hulu and now it got shifted over to Peacock. Interesting. So, uh, according to Hollywood Reporter, George R. R. Martin's... Not X-Men. Not X-Men. Going to Peacock. Speaking of the Peacock, they are doing a Da Vinci Code spinoff show called Langdon. Okay. About Tom, the Tom Hanks character. But is, but is Tom Hanks in the movie? No. <clears throat> or in the show? No. Well, then I'm not watching it. It's going to be... Because um, Da Vinci Code was what it was, but it was Tom Hanks, so... Sure, yeah. You watch it for Tom Hanks. No, this is going to be... Yeah, Tom Hanks and his fake-ass hair. Ashley Zuckerman from Succession. Don't you watch, watch I do. Succession? Which one is she? I think it's a he. Oh. No. I don't know, maybe... Not familiar looking? Not not doing it for me. Oh, there you go. Sorry, Dan Brown, but you lost Drusik Ogburn. He never had me. Never had you to begin with, you fucking idiot. Because he's going to be too busy going to HBO watching this Safety Brothers-produced documentary about Paul Rubens. Fuck yes, I am. Yeah, that sounds fun. Uh, so if there's any actual information about it, it's going to be a two-part Paul Rubens documentary to be directed by Matt Wolf, produced by the Safties. Here's the official logline. The kaleidoscope portrait told in two parts. The Paul Rubens documentary traces the life of the imaginative artist behind one of pop culture's most celebrated unlikely icons, Pee-wee Herman. Her Majesty. Yeah, I'll watch it. Cool. I'll watch the fuck out of that. I'm down. I used to have a... Um, man, this was a big toy back in the day. Uh, remember... Do you still do it, toys, with the pull string? You pull the string and it says something? Uh, I don't know. You know what I'm talking about? Did you you have any of those growing up? Uh, Usually, maybe, there would be like 12 inches or so, and you pull the string. Like, I had an earnest one. You pull the string, and he goes, And then you pull the string again, and he goes, Hey, Vern, it's earnest. And then you pull the string again, and he goes, And then you pull the string again. He goes, he does the same thing over and over. No? No. I didn't. 
I didn't know Paul Rubens was from Sarasota. Of course he was from Sarasota. Why else would he be there in the first place jerking off in a movie theater? I don't know. Speaking of Sarasota, <laughs> that's where you catch sharks for movies, and that's where you catch... And that's where you go home to jerk off in the Triple X theater? I, this place looks awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you pull the string. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my doll's broken. Um, turned into a Kenny Rogers Roasters afterwards. It's a, it's a weird transition. That's a crazy transition to go from adult theater... Uh, exhibition of adults wares, adults films to the delicious Kenny Rogers roasters. <laughs> it's the wood that makes it good. It's Chris. the wood that makes it good, sir. Don't you know the dripping juices? <laughs> it's so hot that the dripping juices make it delicious. Uh, here at Kenny Rogers Theater for wayward children. <laughs> Kenny Rogers likes to jerk off in movie theaters. That's why. We have turned this movie theater into a Kenny Rogers <laughs> Roasters. Cut the ribbon. The mayor. Come on in, ladies and gentlemen. That's Kenny Rogers. Uh-huh. He's jerking off. Uh-huh. Come on in and try some of my chicken. It's a splooge that makes it googe. Fun. Mission Impossible 7 cast has been expanded to Drusa Cogburn to include the following actors. Are you ready for this? Yes. Carrie Elwes. Okay. Okay. Um, Rob, wait, was, was, was uh, Rob Delaney? Okay. Um, this lady's name you won't recognize. We recognize her face. Indira Varma, the one in the middle. She was one of the Sand Vipers. Oh, yeah. She was Sand Vipers' mom. Yeah. In Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. And uh, someone else. This dude. Oh, she's also going to be in the Obi Wan Kenobi show. She's been nice. casting that as well. And uh, who's this other guy? Matt Gaddis, who I don't recognize him, but it says he was in Game of Thrones and Taboo. I saw both of those. I mean, maybe I do recognize that guy. You recognize that guy at all? <sighs> Not really, right? No. It's hard to tell. Anyway, no. so as you can see, uh, all these pictures are like uh, these black yeah. and white photos, mm-hmm. and they're all in suits. They look yeah. like they're sitting around. So it's like uh, a whole new organization that's sort of like no information as to whether they're government what government what's going on but um, they've all been cast in the movie and it, it's been put out there it's been Fun. shot Mission Impossible 7 is coming looking forward to it can't wait for a trailer final story Drew Cogburn uh, even Seth Rogen can get too high apparently Okay. It's amazing when yeah. I get hear stories about this because I'm always trying to attain this level. Trying to get there? Like, Still how, haven't like, found it? Yeah, <laughs> so I haven't found it. How did, how did they do it? Because I want to get there. And it, it's ironically so that if it ever gets to a point where I find myself in the room with these people, I don't make an ass of myself. I can yeah. I can hang with the big boys, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, but it all depends on what you do, how you do it. Here is a Seth Rogen story from the Golden Globes from a while ago. He says, I had one experience at the Golden Globes many years ago that was pretty bad. That's the thing with edibles is there have been times with edibles where I thought it was fine, but I was not. And that's what's scary about edibles is you don't even know what you're doing. So I was at the Golden Globes, which are a nightmare. So I had a weed lollipop throughout the show. And I thought in my head, I was like, I'm really high, but I'm keeping it together. That's why I kept thinking in my head, like, man, this thing is fucking me up. But at least I look and I'm acting totally normal. Then the show ended and I went to an after party. And I saw Brian Cranston, who I don't know that well, 
But I saw him, and the first thing he said to me was, You're high. Are you okay? <laughs> Which is an alarming question to be asked when you think you are okay. Uh, if you bump into something and you're hurt and someone's like, are you okay? You're like, yeah, thank you. I'm okay. But when you just think you're doing good and someone looks at you very scared and says, are you okay? It's really, it'll really bring you back down to earth. That guy seen some things. It was alarming to Walter White. I must have been fucked. So uh, I got to give me some of these lollipops. That's what, is what I'm reading. Mm-hmm. That's the story that I'm reading here. Yeah, you need to send them lollipops. Give me some of these uh, delicious lollipops. So if you have access to these lollipops. Uh, these mythical, high THC, wicked, crazy good These lollipops. things that fuck up Seth Rogen so bad that Brian Cranston's like, someone get this man. That's what Chris wants. Uh, slide into my DMs. I'll give you my address. <laughs> That's how that works, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, there we go. That's it. That's our final story. I wanted to end with a weed. Parable from Seth Rogen. Uh, Drew Sikagrin, thank you very much for your participation. You are very welcome, Mr. And also Chris for wearing, for wearing that fantastic shirt. Yeah, you, yeah. You look, uh, I like it. Absolutely ravishing. So Thank uh, you. Fantastic. And thank you, listeners, for putting up with this bullshit this week. Uh, for surely this show is uh, truly full of it. <laughs> this week in particular. I can just, I can feel it. You, you can tell. I can feel it in my guts. Uh, that's your second brain. That's my my second brain is in my bowels, and you know what? They are about to go down the shit. <laughs> uh, and that's it. So sign up for our Patreon. We'll be back next week with um, our review of Zack Snyder's Justice League. Yeah. Wow, it's happening. And then the week after that is Godzilla vs Kong. What? Things week, are happening. And then a few weeks after that, I'm thinking the Regal app's going to be up and running. And plus, I got the the film festival next month, guys. There are movies to talk about. It's going to be exciting. Peace out. A PFT Media Production.